All right. In this share, we're going to continue discussing the Yadam that are shy of the Hilchas Nida, even if they aren't necessarily the exact halachas you're learning throughout the week. But this time, we can perhaps uh, characterize that this share will be particularly, quote-unquote, provocative. Now, usually, in a regular share, I try to find Mekaitis, Paiskim, Meira and uh, try to explain what they say and why we should follow what they say. But in this particular share, I'm here to, quote-unquote, expose, unmask, a, uh, a scandal, uh, according to which uh, it's possible that the uh, the wider public is not being uh, is not being mekayim halachas avestas properly. Okay, I hope I have your attention now. And uh, these are the halachas that quote unquote they don't want you to know. Right now, as we'll see, though it actually is due to the influence of a number of So that's why I would like to emphasize, before I continue, that this is all being said with tremendous derecheret, and this discussion is only the pula shakta bataria, and the lay basi So we're going to go over the topic, and I'm going to quote what I heard in the name of these different meira Now I'll say what I think. And uh, I hope, at the at the least, will at least be my order, uh, drive a, a active conversation, discussion, shakalataria, in the kail, and even beyond. And of course, everyone will ultimately follow the psak of thereof. I'd also like to thank a few of the chashvi and the light here in the kail, who are more familiar with the lochus of the nida, and hira, and shimush, and I was discussing some of these details with them in the days preceding this year. I'd also like to thank someone from out of the Kail, who rather who prefers his name not be mentioned, who I also was in touch with a lot about various details, and he sent me a very lengthy uh, piece of his research on it. But, of course, he doesn't uh, necessarily share or take responsibility for my conclusions. So when we think about the word Vesas, in light of what we learned, what we were taught, so we immediately think, of course, of Vesas Hayomim, marking down days, calendars, and as if that's how halach, halach is based on the idea that there's some kind of rhythm, pattern of involving time. But it's interesting to know that if you look in the Mokr and Mishnayas, it doesn't seem that way. In Paragal, from the beginning, it says, Kol isha sheyesh Okay. She has a vessas, then that's all you need to know, but doesn't explain. Then in Paragtas, where it seems to... They be setting out to explain. The Mishnah says, "Kol isha sheyesh lavestas dayashaita." Same phrase again. Ve'elu heina vestas. What are the vestas? The Mishnah says, "Mefahekes u'me'ateshes v'chisheshes b'fikreisa u'b'shipulim me'eha v'sheifas u'chemitz marmeres oichazin oisa v'chein kayitz behen." She yawns. She sneezes, depending on how you touch ma'ateshes. She senses pain near her stomach or in her lower abdomen. Or there's some kind of discharge, or there's some kind of uh, fever or shuddering that overtakes her, uh, and anything else like that. Those are the vestas. And if this happens three times, that's what the Mishnah says. And this is what is known in Allah in the later Sfarim as a vestas haguf. And I would have very much have liked to have taken a survey before the year to know how many people could have told me that. They heard of a sagof and they know what it is and they can describe it. 
Uh, I assume that's some yes and some no. And of course, the general description that we've said so far sounds pretty uh, on the ball, sounds pretty relevant to uh, our experiences today, how women today describe the feeling, the sensation that they get. Then, a Mishnah test, after some uh, additional pratim in the middle, it says, It sounds like that we're urged now, introducing a secondary category is also Vestas Hayam. Now, that's not actually how the Gemara seems to explain it. The Gemara says that really that line in Paragalaf was already referring to Vestas Hayam, and now we Ersh got to explaining Vestas Hagof. I'm just I'm not coming here to explain the Mishnahis and the Gemara, but at least that's the impression you would get from Mishnahis. Of course, this is the first marker. Let's uh, let's advance to Torah Shulchan Aruch. So in Torah Simen Kuf Pedal, which we're learning now. So it starts today. Vanoshim Yesh Lehan Vestas Lidus Bezman Yedua Kolachas Lefizmano Ustam Vestas Mishleishim Yoyim Mishleishim Yoyim. So everyone learning it, I assume, is thinking about it and wondering, you know, how does this actually match the reality that we're familiar with? So in an article that was published in the volume, the annual uh, scholarly volume called Tchumen, which has different contributors, and we'll get back to it later at greater length. So among other things, they point out that the Torah, Taka writes it this way, but you shouldn't get the impression that's representative of all Rishonim even at the same time, at that time. But for example, there's a Sefer Oyel Moed, one of the Rishonim, Shmuel Yerondi, he wrote, about, he wrote it Mamesh around the same time as the Torah, which is probably why most people have never heard of it, because it was overshadowed by the Torah. He starts, like this, There's three traits in women. Number one, That's category number one. A woman who, a woman who does not have a Vesas. Sounds perhaps... Uh, there's a kavana in the order that he's saying it. The number one is no vessels. She doesn't see b'yom kavu and she doesn't feel anything. The blood just shows up. Number two, She feels when the blood is about to come. She feels something. Fehekes, matashas, etc. Number three, Very different presentation. Also, nagoyes shari dura. Ashkenazi Sefer, Ashkenazi Chibur. So, Agoy Shari Dura Nida Simon Zion. It starts off, Kol Hanoshim Shalonu. Afa Pishain Lekulon, Vestis the Yomim. Yesh Lekulon, Vestis the Gufa. Even though not all have the Yomim, they all have the Gufa. Now, for some reason, the way it's printed, the words the Yomim, Yesh Lekulon, Vestis are in brackets. So, I'm not sure. I'm assuming and hoping that whoever uh, put it there didn't uh, just put it in their misvara. I'm not sure why it's in brackets. I just I have to say that, but that's what it uh, that's what it seems to say. And then he goes on to say, "Hekas matashas," goes through uh, the different symptoms, and he adds that if they passed and she didn't do a bedika, even if they did a bedika later, a little too late, tmeya. We assume that attack did uh, happen at that time, and we'll get back to this halacha practically uh, more towards the end. So not only did they not say, did they not assert that all women have vessels hayamim, but in fact they emphasized the vessels haguf. So, well, back to turn Shulchan Aruch, you look in Simen Kuf Peites and Hilchas Vestas, so if you manage to traverse and get through the part that talks about the Vestas Hayamim, so then when you get to make it to Sif Yates, so from Yates to Chavav, you have the, the Halachas of Vestas Hagof, and, you know, 
שלוחן ארך סטנדרד רעתר אין דיטייל, סטארט סוף, יש קבאז וסס, על ידי מקרים שיהרו בגופה, גויין שמפהקס, which is either stretching or yawning or making a noise, מסטשס, שלוחן ארך טייצ'ס דרך מטה, or feels pain בפי קרייסו של פרומיה, סטומק ואבדמן, or צירייה קדחס, פיבריש, or רישו ואיברה כבדה מאללה, any one of these. So if any of these happened three times and she saw Adam, Kavala Vesas, so the Shulchan Aruch mentions, what does it mean she has a Vesas? She b'chol pam, she chashash as mayhem, when you, that symptom uh, recurs, asur l'shamesh, so then you know that uh, it's the Vesas, like it's like a, inside of a day, it's, uh, it's a feeling. But of course, with Pashtos, at least one assumes with Pashtos, it also works the other way. And if she has a same way if she has a vessel gavua for days, so then that means you can forget about all the other chashashas. It's not a suffix. It's clear that the same thing applies here. A vessel gavua, kishmai keinhu, that uh, if you have a vessel gavua of, of the feeling, the sensation, of the symptoms, so then it's mevatol, all the chashashas of the days. Um, was over there, we have a chazaka that it comes on a certain day, we don't have to be cheshesh for other days. And here we have a chazaka that it never comes without uh, that sensation. So until she feels something, until she senses something, there's no chashash. So there's a chumre here, and there's a kula here. So, yeah. So this is one of the dinim that impact, that affects how one practices the halachas of nida properly. And uh, we'll get back to this point later. Now, of course, as we know, like in every halacha and halachas nida, there are many detailed discussions about the details in the halacha and the nesekelim and the achreidim and the malaktim. But so far from what we heard, the descriptions in the Mishnah and the Shulchan Aruch, uh, they all sound pretty uh, familiar. They, they sound recognizable. And it wouldn't occur to us to think otherwise. Okay, so what's the next step? The next step would be to look in the practical sfarim that we have today. So in our case, Yung Delight, Chabad, Ulun Hilchas Nida Lamaisa, they usually are the first Sefer they'll look in, is in the Sefer Tara Kalacha of Rav Yigasil Farkash. Okay, so you open the Sefer, Chelek Beis, Perek Havdalid, Hilchas Vestas, you'll turn the pages, you look from beginning to end, you won't find any Halachas of Vestas Hakuf in Perek Havdalid. Instead, if you look at the beginning of the Perek, page uh, 589, there are four havharis, four clarifications. Clarification number three says, in this parak we only address vestas that are tied to time. The date, the number of days. And also the last sif of Kuf Beidalad, which we'll get to soon. There are, uh, there are the dinner of additional categories. One is vestas akfitzais, which is not the subject of our discussion. Ooh, he writes, Vestas HaGuf, Loi Biyarnu Chashoshes Eilu B'Sifreinu, Mekivan She'einem, She'einam Shechichem Kolkach. We're not going to explain it in the Sefer because they're not common. If, in a case where it seems like there's some Siba Chitzainis or physical, physiological phenomena, you should speak to Rav Meir Herah, about whether there's any halachic significance. So, just like that, asking that it's not common, and therefore, essentially, skip the entire thing. There's one footnote somewhere else, where it mentions Vesagof, Pinegea, someone who stains, but that's it. Now, of course, it goes without saying, 
we have tremendous derecherts for uh, Rav Farkash, and of course he and his family are friends of the Kail, supporters of the Kail. We were saying that he gave a shir here last year. But the Kachi Darka shall tell you that even uh, the Ketanim can be done the Fnei Akdoyim, and at least uh, ask a question. And as I said earlier, and we'll speak about it later, these are things, as far as uh, I know, as far as anyone I know knows, these are things that any woman could easily describe and uh, identify in her life. But this, this he didn't even find it necessary to, to list, to discuss, to detail. Mashenk and Dini Hargosha, which generally the assumption is that women don't understand what we're talking about as we, I assume you've already seen in your learning, and of course that's its own discussion and what women really do or don't feel, but that he has, you know, in detail at the beginning of the Sefer, right in the beginning, what's going on. Let's go to the next Sefer. What's the other common Sefer that people use, even if it's much shorter? Of course, Kitzer Dine Tara. So the first time I picked it up now to look at it, I went through it and it seemed like it's also completely gone, uh, not a trace. Then, right before the shir, I looked again, and I noticed that, oh, at the end of Simul Ches, which is about Vestas, in Eis Tezayin, page 32, this is what it says. There are a number of additional categories of Vestas which aren't so common, but if they're Nikpa, then you have to be Cheshish. Vestas HaDilug devotes five lines to that. Vestas HaSirug devotes two lines to that. Oi, Vestas HaGov, Shiragila B'michushim Im Horeiya K'goyim K'evroish V'habetem Echoim B'chayetzebizeh. One line. In all these cases, there are many chalukya dinner, maybe it's a vessel or it's not, it's so therefore, the woman has to mark down all the time she saw, and if there's a chashash, that she has one of these vessels, she should ask her Marera. So, you could almost miss it, but they slipped in one line, in the middle of the paragraph, at the end of the sermon, that by the way, something. Um, now, l'chayra, from the continuation, actually it does sound like it's saying that a woman should write everything down. On the other hand, the lotion is, she should write, kolas manim shirasa, so it sounds more like it's referring to Vesas Hadilog Vasirog, where there's actually times, Zmanim Shirasa. Otherwise, in this case, you're not writing down Zmanim Shirasa per se, you're writing Zmanim Shirgisha. No? What and when she felt it. So that's all you get from Kitsu Dinetara. So it's forgivable that if we have Yunga Light here, that maybe Ataka don't remember that they don't seem to recall they ever heard of it, or at least never practiced it. On the other hand, seems uh, from all the evidence, it seems like something's up. If we're seeing a pattern of uh, omitting it, so maybe, maybe without us realizing, yeah, some consensus has been reached that it's talk, uh, not relevant for some reason in halacha today, or maybe at least in Chabad. But that's also not quite the case. Because if you look at other svarim nowadays, yeah, of course you have to know that there's a real, real ton of Svarim on these subjects, many of them are fairly chashev, or the authors are often famous Paiskim, some are more Le'iyam, some are more Lemaisa, and it's Kedai, in the course of your learning to acquaint yourself with uh, you know, a wider range of them, you'll find that in the average Taras HaMeshpacha, Hilchus Nidasefer out there, especially outside Chabad, you'll find these halachas are enumerated exactly in identical fashion to all the other dinim. Most of them don't necessarily mamish get into how common it is, it is or isn't. But it sounds like it's certainly among the halachas that one has to know and one has to perform. And from different details in their descriptions, it uh, certainly sounds like they're describing the reality as it's known today. And it sounds like it's a regular uh, din and halacha, halacha, reality, being the kind of halacha. 
So, for example, for uh, as an example of a practical and very widespread safer nowadays, I'll use art scroll. We have Pischei Halacha, the laws of Nida, the Yom first, page three thirty-eight and on. So if you look here, right introduction: Most women experience a physical sensation before the onset of their menstruation. Often, this sensation is not unique to the onset of menstruation, but may occur at other occasions unrelated to menstruation. In this case, the sensation is not. Vestas Hagof. They actually write Vest Hagof, because apparently, as we saw today from our uh, visitor, our new uh, member of the faculty, apparently they say Vest. I think we all say Vestas, but just interesting to note. So that's how they write it. However, some women experience a very unique physical sensation prior to the menstruation. This is called Vestas Hagof. Vestas Hagof is not a causative Vestas, but a symptomatic Vestas. It's a symptom, not the cause. We do not know the cause of the flaw, but we do know when it is about to begin, as opposed to kvitzis or other things where, we're, where we believe that it's triggering. It's just, it's, it's a very good indicator, is what it is. And at the bottom, they say this is not to be confused with hargasha, which is a, a separate discussion. Okay, continues, the basic halachas of a vessel agof, what, can, what constitutes a vessel agof? The sensations that are considered vessel agof. Among the sensations enumerated by Chazal as vessel agof are women who experience a stretching or yawning spell, pihok, goisa, uh, a belching spell, a sneezing spell, itush, or a spell of flatulence, depending on how you explain itush. More common today are other, more common today are other symptoms, also, some also noted by Chazal, and the end of the bottom, it would seem that any unusual physical manifestation is considered a vesasagof, even if it is not noted by Chazal. So if you can come up with something new, that's also fine. But these, the ones they're going to list, are mentioned in Chazal. Many women feel aches or cramps in the stomach, the lower abdomen, or limbs, headaches, hot flashes, a shivering spell, or nausea, Women can also get a vessel of she usually uh, finds stains before menstruation, that discussion. This, these symptoms may be a sign that the period is about to begin and may be considered a vessel of For the sake of simplicity, we will use the examples of cramps when discussing a vessel of in this chapter, since it is common for women to experience cramps before menstruation. Uh, only if it's uh, three times, etc. It gets into all the, uh, they have to be unusual. Uh, so the headache itself has to be an unusual headache that only occurs uh, in, in relation to this. It has to be unusual cramps. The sneezing has to be an extended fit. But that gives you a, that gives you a sense of, it sounds very relevant, very practical, very much in, in touch with the terminology of today. That's how the Safer writes it right there. Of course, it goes on over many pages to explain all the details of how to implement it. Right? Of course... The question will always be, will you actually uh, get a Vesas Kavur or not? But overall, it sounds very much uh, familiar. And that's just representative of most Svarim today. Moreover, Gedalia Oberlander, who uh, we had the privilege, came this past year to Fahar the Ingalarian Makavoyas, and he's a big expert in various practical matters of Allah. So when it comes to Hilchas Nida, he partnered with a Rav. His name is Ramesha Eliezer Bloom. Av Basin of Siksa, did not have a chance to figure out where Siksa is, but they wrote many, uh, many uh, stuff Lamaisa on these topics. Rishukha told me that, uh, you understand, that they came from the angle of uh, taking pills, etc., and how that, imp- how that impacts the halachas today. But anyway, so they, they published in the Gillian of Kovitz Ginas Verodim, 
Kovitz Ginnas Veradam is a Satmira Taira Kovitz. Here in the Kailo, we quote from all kinds of places. Uh, at the beginning, just to give you a sense, uh, taste, at the beginning of each Gillian of Kovitz Ginnas Veradam, there's a, uh, a warning from the Marachas. So that's the kind of kovitz we have. And uh, in this kovitz, in Gillian number 22, they have an article there called And at the beginning, I'd like to thank one of the Ingolai who pointed it out to me, uh, there's an akdama there that says, Easy to explain, uh, this is an important matter in Hilchus Vesas, uh, to explain Hilchus Vesas Aguf, Bekitzer, because I saw some Malakta Hilchus Nida and many Magidi Shiurim didn't learn and didn't write these dinim with the excuse that it's not Negev Bismanenu, but Mitoich Nisoyen from experience, we see Shazayenai, this is incorrect. No, one's paying attention to it because no one taught them the halacha. So it's a very virtuous cycle. Uh, one leads to the next and back around again. So therefore, we're going to devour these dinim as far as we can. Everyone speak to your love. And they go on for 11 pages to explain the practical uh, details. And they start off, Isho has a vessel of which means she never sees her vessels until she feels something. What could it be? And they go through the list and the way they touch, they mention, uh, right? just to use the contemporary term. And then they mention other things. If she sees uh, secretions, other eastahitis, like Shefas in the Mishnah, or nausea, or uh, stomach is turning. Etc. Different makaytas for different simonim. Chen she'ar mina simoni haguf, and even other things like women that break out in pimples, acne, tzom, ibuis, alpneim, which is a very modern simon, but a number of svarim in the last uh, 10, 15 years have started mentioning it. But that's how the that's how they begin. Again, we, then they uh, repeat themselves. There's uh, they then afterwards tovshinayin ches. They put out the sefer kolitara. We have it here in koyel. Uh, and from, you know, over many more pages, they go through all the Pratim. You look in Sefer Shiyori Shevet Halevi, who was one of the great Paiskim of the previous generation, of the last generation, passed away a few years ago, and he was very, uh, had a strong impact on a large portion of the Mordehira of the following generations. So when he gets to these Seifim, goes Kedarkai, the style of the Sefer, which is a little Eondik, and numerous times throughout his words, it sounds like it's it's common. So, for example, he writes, a few days before the verses. Now, if we follow, he's discussing Lechem Besimla. Lechem Besimla wrote that if she has a combination of Yomim and Mikrim, which is another uh, idea in Allah, where it's a combination, it comes at a certain interval, plus there's always the uh, the, the sensation. So, Oibazoi, uh, you're going to tell me that if the sensation comes two days before the day she's expecting, she should be maybe the sensation coming two days earlier means that this month everything moved over by two days. So according to the Lechem Basimla, even if you always know like a clock, the pain starts, two days later it comes, Lechem Basimla was suggesting that you should be also the entire time because every minute that it's here, maybe everything has moved up.
So I was so I was sure Shavuot Levi says. What if it happens uh, 10 days? Sometimes it happens 10 days before she feels cramps, 12 days before you knock out the whole month like that. So the Shir Shir Levi says it could be he's not going to be machmer when there's days and sensations. And now the sensations came early. So now Taka feels like, oh, things changed. But if they always come two days before, which is not what Lachem Asim was talking about, as he suggests, so um, it's, it's fine. We, they always come two days before. So you always know at the end of the two days, we'll have, a, we'll have the done. So he starts off. He said, It sounds like he's talking about uh, women today. Later on, he writes, there are some women that don't uh, feel simoni hagof. They just have an overall sensation. They, they feel it's on the way. He says, should be machmer if she feels that, of course. And of course, everyone, even those who uh, don't write about Vesas Agof at all, everyone understands you have to use your seichel. If a woman uh, says she feels something, then you don't just ignore it. Um, so he says, Yishbimachmer, but it's not Simone Agof. He says also, if they have other things that are not mentioned in the Mechaber, if they always come consistently, the Shir Shir Levi also agrees that the Kviyas is a Kviyas, so it doesn't matter if it has a mucker in Swarm or not, and he's been signed to a Shuvah of his in Chela Gimel, where he wrote this at great length, and the Moskana was that even though if it always comes a few days early, you only have to be chayshish at the end, but she should still check herself before Tashmish during those days in the middle and treat it like she doesn't have a basis kavua, even if technically Allah doesn't say that. And then the Shir Shir Levi says, by the way, there are some of them that are not introduction to the vases. They're not part of the vases. It's just nervin, person's nervous or whatever, that, of course, you can ignore. So... It's being all written in that vein. Sounds like the Shevet Alevi is uh, relating to this like a regular din from the Metzias that we know. And if you want to see an even longer list of Svarim that uh, addresses and discusses this, there's a big country that's called Dera Malaktim. Tonight's at Achachma. I also have a link to Google Drive. I would like to share it with you uh, at some point soon. It really goes through every tag of everything the place can say on any topic down to the last Malaktim of our Dera. He's like a Malakat of Malaktim. And uh, you could see, you can get a sense of how uh, the, the, the dimensions of this discussion uh, in, a, in, a, in a practical way. And the Rabbi Oberlander within Chabad, who should be counted among Rabbi Chabad, um, my friend pointed out to me that he checked on my behalf. He says, Mchaisen Yeshuist for Dovich, he makes sure to speak about it. Chaim Prusuk for Chabad has Mayim Chaim. It's a very Kitzurdika book, but he does make sure to mention it, even though it's Bekitzer, but it's the whole Sefer's Bekitzer. Uh, and uh, so you can't actually even say that there is at least an official Chabad consensus about it. That's not even true either. So I heard Lamaisa that Rav Heller and Rav Brain also are of the opinion, and they tell people who ask them, that the Halacha is not really relevant Lamaisa. Right? So the plot thickens what's going on. So I try to find out what, what are the explanations being offered. So I heard a few Svaris, and due to COVID for the different Abbanim, of course, I also want to respond uh, to, to, what the, what was, to what I was told. So I'm not going to say who said what, but my impression is that I heard five different points. Number one, I heard this from someone here, that uh, if there's a combination of symptoms, the symptoms have to recur each time in the exact same sequence. If there's any change in the spread of the symptoms, then it doesn't count. Number two, the second argument I seem to hear was 
that uh, the blood has to follow the, the, the sensation uh, the exact same interval, exact same number of minutes. Otherwise, it's, uh, it doesn't count. Third argument I heard was that yeah, what women feel during the vessels is no different than what they feel on every day. So practically, uh, what's the difference? Number four, that women, it's just going to drive them crazy. They're going to have them yainous. It's not, it's not going to be good. And number five, that whatever you're going to say, practically, if you did an experiment, you'd find that no woman would ever be kriveya vessels kavua uh, for uh, these symptoms. Uh, those are the five. So I'm going to try to go through them one by one. So the first two... Well, then what is it? You, to be, maybe to be machme a little bit. Okay. It only happens one time, then it won't be. Then you don't touch the Maybe next time you should treat it like a, maybe you should also be cheshesh to a little bit, do a badika or something. Wait, but what was the fish coming in? That, uh, practically speaking, if you actually ran an experiment, no woman, just wouldn't, no one would ever get a Bessus Kavua by, by recording and tracking this information. Just wouldn't. I'll, I'll go through them again and I'll respond to them. So the first two, that it has to be uh, the exact same sequence or that it has to be the exact same amount of time. I simply have not found the site for that, the marker for that. We have many svarim on it. Still haven't seen anyone that says that. Hmm? Okay. Interesting. Maybe, maybe they should uh, put it with fuss so at least uh, it's on the record. could be discussed. Okay, so that's, that's that. The third one that there's no there's no difference. Chaira, I saw some of your reactions. It sounds very surprising to hear that. Anyone can do their own investigation and research. Uh, women that you know, because today in our world today, it's a rather famous thing. It's deeply embedded already in the culture and the wider population. That when that time of the month comes, there's a whole bunch of uh, you know a whole bunch of stuff happens. This terrible pain. As far as I know, women are absolutely able to say that this is different than anything else. Not like a regular stomach ache, which presses on the, the middle of your stomach. It's lower down. It's a unique feeling. And this is a pretty famous fact. Uh, this Rav, this source, quoted a Rav from a previous generation that said that, oh, when the woman does uh, mopping, Rav Shabbos, by the time she's finished, So, you see, how, how are you going to know the difference? They feel all the symptoms, you feel them all at all different times. So it's like another description in Svarim that we don't know about, you know, we don't we can't understand. But uh, what all the other symptoms, if you isolate all the other symptoms, I can understand. Uh, even a regular stomachache, I can understand a headache, everything else. You know, maybe it sounds like it happens all the time. But it, it, from this response, it almost sounds like they, they never heard of this concept that there's a unique uh, pain during a period, which is a very famous fact. I was thinking, just a theory, uh, in the Beltarain, that maybe there's uh, something cultural here at play because until about 50 years ago there was very strong uh, etiquette culturally that it was not appropriate to speak about uh, women's uh, health, quote-unquote, and how they feel. It wasn't considered uh, something to discuss in polite company, but uh, today it's a grace of mitzvah that everyone speaks about exactly how they feel and when they feel it and all that, and make sure everyone knows. So Culture can impact how we perceive feelings. And an example of that, I'll mention very bekitzer, is colors. We know that thousands of years ago in other cultures, they did not really distinguish between blue and green. And we see in Chazal, the word yorik can mean green, and that's kakarsi, or it can mean yellow, kazav, or it can even mean blue. 
And there's a lot of research been done on the link between language and not having a blue-green distinction and not uh, having that distinction in actual perception. Um, at most, you see it's perceived as slightly different shades of the same color. Someone even mentioned to me here recently that you could even maybe suggest that Benigay and Nida, and maybe once people didn't distinguish so many shades, so it was easier, and then once our, uh, our seeing became more sophisticated, so that's why we have... Uh, much more confusion. I didn't, I didn't check if this svara is ungenomen, if it's acceptable or not. Vision became more sophisticated? That our vision, meaning what we see now is quote-unquote objectively correct, but there's also a subjective element where if culture doesn't recognize certain distinctions, then you don't perceive them. So it could be there were times and places where it simply was no recognition of the reality of that there's a unique concept of feeling pain during a period. Maybe they knew that the women complain at different times about uh, not feeling great, but because it wasn't discussed and it wasn't defined, so it was almost like it didn't quite exist as opposed to today. So maybe that explains where this uh, notion is coming from. But if uh, those who are familiar with the Metzias as we know it today, and especially since it mamish fits perfectly with what Chazal says, with what Shulchan Aruch says, um, uh, how can we accept the Svara? And I, I, just, I, I just, I don't have, uh, I don't have time. Uh, so the ter- what about that they're going to have demyoyness? So in a Chanam, if you're talking about other stuff like headaches, I can see why maybe they'll start getting confused. Although maybe, maybe some women will be able to tell you that no, it's not like the art school said, they have a unique headache. Maybe not, maybe they'll get confused, I don't know. But Cramps. Cramps is really where it's at. That seems to be the most unique and then consistent for most, for many women who feel. Could be sometimes women start imagining that the pain is coming because they're imagining that the blood is coming. And I, you know, I gave like a muscle that, you know, sometimes we imagine that we're catching a cold and then it turns out it's not, it didn't happen. But who, why does that matter? Ultimately, when it does happen and they feel it for real, then they'll know it was for real. And then they'll have to figure out, was I just imagining it the previous time? Or maybe it actually started a bunch of days early this time and it uh, continued. So, we should try. Let's see. Let's see if attack uh, causes problems or not. And uh, the last point that the argue that said it's simply not, uh, simply not going to happen. So, in this article in Tchumen, we don't really have time to get into it, but they claimed that they did a survey with a few hundred women who keep uh, Taras HaMeshpacha, and the, the answers they got was, first they asked them, well, how, what, what's the interval between the pain and the vessels? Two hours, six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, three days or a week. So 1% said two hours, two and a half percent said six hours, 7% said 12 hours, 19% said 24, within 24 hours, and the rest said even more. So the article says we take, uh, let's say, within 24 hours, although we saw this format say it's absolutely fine if it's three days in advance, and maybe it's always three days in advance or whatever. But let's take the ones that are within 24 hours, so you already have the 31% of women. They all sound like they're potential candidates to create a Vesas Kavua. Then they asked them, how many of you created down a Vesas Kavua, uh, you know, Vesas Akov, and women didn't know what they were talking about. Probably uh, Viter, because it's not really taught, it's not really practiced. Um, this is a, probably more modern, Dati Lumi uh, crowd. Yeah, to whatever extent. It's hard to know who's being taught what. I don't know their background. This isn't necessarily the most scientific study in the world, but it's at least someone tried um, yeah, so they did a lot of research here. We don't have the time to get into all the details, but um, I'm happy to share it. If anyone wants to take a look, I'll have to take a look. I don't think there's a PDF. I'll have to take pictures of it. So there's this whole article making this argument. I heard that this Rav said he knows about this article in Tchumen, but he thinks it's, uh, it's garnished. Um, also, even if that's, the only, that's really the only problem, 
so what's that? Follow the halacha. Halacha is to write everything down, right? And never mind that we have many svarim that seem to think it absolutely is b'metzias. And even some people that I spoke to, they said they personally think they know of women that could be kaveya avesis. And we have to emphasize kaveya avesis doesn't necessarily mean for your entire life, literally like a clock, month in, month out. Just like everything else. Maybe three times in a row, be kaveh vessels, and don't be like the vessels and kaveh the vessels and like the vessels. That's fine. It doesn't have to be all women at all times. So the question is whether all these answers are really uh, getting at something deeper. Are the rabbanim being cheshish here? That there's some kind of mikshel that will come out? I don't know. But maybe you know that if they have a valid concern, then uh, that could be. But based on everything we said, in conclusion, one would think that the application, the website, should add the, the possibility, add a button to put in the pain, maybe the types of pain or whatever, the time, and uh, that way we be mekayim instead of erasing. I'm a furishadin, a mishnah gemara shulchan aruch, and misvara. It would seem that there surely should be women that will be kibeya. What percentage? How often? Who knows? Again, as I said, we're in the shir. This is not lemaisa. Everyone should ask the rav and their paisik and follow their instructions. But I, I do think it's important to raise a discussion about this. A lot of people, even those who learn the halachas, they don't necessarily stop and, and connect all the dots and put all the pieces together. So uh, I am inviting all of the ingalai, of course, to look into it. If you, as you're learning, come across uh, details, I'd love to, uh, I would love to hear a uh, creative discussion, and maybe, uh, maybe we'll discover that we were actually matzliach uh, to recover a din that was a shtikul meis mitzvah. It's, it's like I said, it's very hard to explain why, at any rate, why we shouldn't be reco- even if nothing happens, why we shouldn't be uh, recording this information unless there's a concern about a mikshah. Now, by the way, we don't have time at all to get into it, but. Um, there's some pratim that are the unique shittas of the Alter Rebbe, Lamashal. One of the reasons why you would have to do a badika after this, if, if it's considered a vessel, like, oh, you have to do a badika after a vessel. What if you don't do the badika? So in, uh, during Malachi, he brings 20 paiskam at say, it's really a problem. Uh, happens to be, the Alter Rebbe says that if it's a wide, nice while later after the pain, if the pain came and nothing happened, the pain went away, but it's a nice while later, no, 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 it's not so bad. That could also be why the Rabbani Chabad are not as concerned about this. But you're supposed to do a vidika, even according to the Alta Also, the question is, does it actually, is it a cooler? Will it actually cancel the other days? So I sort of liashim holds it. No, even if you have a vessel's kavur, a vessel's agof, it's still, you have stuff to keep the whole calendar. But the Alta writes pretty clearly, uh, only Aina Bainanis. Aina Bainanis, yes, not the rest. Abelander write that in his safer. So that would be the case. And then the Pesach Leo Falk in the safer Maps of Leo says there's another vart of the Alta Okay, we're not going to get into it, but there's another kvetch, a diok, that the Alter Rebbe holds differently in the Chavaz Das. And in conclusion, I'd be very happy to hear your responses, your reactions, and to hear more opinions of more Abba more experts of the Chavaz.